gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Breakdowns for Breakfast. Good morning. I am your host, Danger, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Monster. Say hi, Monster. Hello. Good morning. How how are you? I'm uh, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm actually feeling a little under the weather this morning, but we're still here. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, duty calls. <laughs> yes. Yes. Duty calls. So on today's episode of Breakdowns for Breakfast, we are going to be talking the album On the Mend by The Broken View. It came out December 10th, 2021. Monster, I'm just going to go ahead and ask you what you got on this one. So when I was growing up, my mother told me that if I didn't have anything nice to say, that I shouldn't say anything at all. So today we're doing a very special episode where Danger is going to do all the talking. Well... <laughs> I have some, I've got quite a bit of things to say about most of these songs, but I want to tell you how I found this album, because usually on this, uh, it's either an album that Monster brings to the table or I bring forward, and we want to talk about those. We have uh, had one episode where we have a, a request of an album for us to talk about, but this one is actually the first album that I had barely listened to a quarter of it before I suggested that we do it. And I thought, you know, this is a place where we should be able to bring albums of all kinds of all sure. things. Yeah. Why not? I want to tell you how I found this album. Okay. So the lady reads smut. <laughs> she she downloads. Uh, they're like a dollar to five dollar books on her Kindle and she reads them and she reads fast. And so she knocks out a 200 page smut book in an afternoon um, nice. you know, or two days. I mean, it's it's nothing. But something I didn't know is that a lot of these smut books have smut playlists and <laughs> and they actually have playlists that are on Spotify. And so sometimes in the books, it'll list where it plays songs and sometimes it won't. And The Broken View was on one of those playlists. And we were coming back from seeing Emerosa and The Dangerous Summer in Charlotte. And she decided to pull up one of the playlists on our drive home. And I heard The Broken View and it sounded interesting enough that I wanted to hear more. So, Monster, I have no attachment to this band. I have no attachment to this album. <laughs> So, going forward. But, well, just going to say, uh, the Smut playlist, that checks out. I can see how that would work for, for these guys. That, right. that makes sense. I was really afraid that you were going to be like, well, we've gotten some requests. And the lead singer asked us to review this album. <laughs> like, no, no, no. Nobody in this band or nobody at all uh, asked to, to review this album by any means. But I just thought okay. it was, like I said... Interesting enough to listen to more, not sold on it right away. And mm -hmm. she and I listened to probably about, um, I think two songs on the drive. And, mm -hmm. and she and I tried to listen to it the way that you and I listen to music for the show, where we kind of really dive into it and break it down. And we really only listened to the first two songs on this album, which gave us a certain view of this album. You listen to one, you listen to them all. I mean, <laughs> right, right. Well, okay. So I, I will backpedal just a little bit. There are things on this album that I like and one song in particular that I, that stands out to me, but just blanket overall feeling. This is just a slog. Like this is just whiny nightclub emo that just doesn't work for me. It sounds very overdramatic. This might be a weird sounds like, or you might agree with me. You know who it reminded me of more than just about anybody else? Who? Because I have sounds likes. So Okay. Mostly, you too. She strings, etc. It sounded like the modern version, a less interesting, less talented version of U2. And let me preface that by saying, I don't like U2 either. So, <laughs> no, Well, I mean, I like I like you, but I don't like U2 either. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, good. yeah I, I don't like U2 either. Okay, so I didn't actually put together U2 on this, but I can kind of hear it. But if U2 was it's like a modern version like mix it with that nightclub core production if you if you two were to uh come to 
uh, to the earth again because uh, U2 seems to live above the earth in their um, their mindset. And they were to come back as uh, bad omens. So I think that's where I'm struggling with this is because to me, this sounds super derivative with no like uniqueness added to it. And as a guitar player, it offends me that there is not a single riff. There's no riffs. It is all chords and colored laying layering with the weird sound effects and stuff. Super overproduced. It, it, let me ask you this question. While I was listening to it today, a thought occurred to me. Take away the bells and the whistles. Take away the delay pedals. Take away that production on top of this. Do these songs hold up? Okay, so here's what I will say for these songs. Yes, I'm going to agree with you on the the overproduced part of things. And yes, I'm going to agree with you on the riffs because there there are no real riffs that jump out by any means. If they're here, they're they're buried in it. And so I feel like the production actually has a lot of issues on this album, which we'll talk about some of those. We got solos. We got we got solos. No, on this. you don't. You don't. No, you there, have. There are no, a few songs have, with solos, but no, but you I have could, these weird little emo breakdown interludes at the end of every song where the guitar player does three high pitch notes. And I, it's not a solo. I can tell you where there are solos on here and what actually happens. And I've listened to to this album quite a few times through wanting to find out where what you know, what happened to the solos, where they went and what ends up happening to a lot of them is it's like the guitar gets like pushed up to the front for, uh, I don't know, I'm going to say two bars. And then the guitar is still doing its solo thing. And then it gets pulled back into the mix. Because the singer can't shut up and let the guitar player play a solo. <laughs> right. So the first half of almost every song is not as good as the second half. And then there's, okay, so I'm going to say three, I'm going to say in thirds, sometimes in quarters. The first third is not as good as the second half. And then, the, uh, excuse me, the first third is not as good as the second third. And then the last third just goes on for too long. That's some strong emo math. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, so there's there's quite a few uh, tracks on here that I think they would have been a lot better if they were cut at a certain point and just shortened up a lot. You know, like there are certain places where they put echoes on the the vocals and I didn't hate it, but it's almost like if they kind of let the vocals kind of end on that, on these little things that on these little effects they put on and then let the, you know, the guitar ride out or something like that. I don't know. It could have been a lot better, but almost all these songs, the choruses are the best parts. And then the choruses go on for too long at the end. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just literally like slow, sparse verse, bigger chorus, little breakdown thingy with a couple of high pitched guitar notes on top at the end. Wash, rinse, repeat. Like, I, I mean, there's there's two songs on here that stood out to me that I think are a little bit above the rest. But overall, I, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to bore us to death with the, the Day Seeker BPM thing, but every one of these songs sounds like it's right about the same tempo, same key, same overblown production. Hey, I mean, obviously people like them. They have hundreds of thousands of, of plays and streams. Yeah. They fit aesthetically and like auditorily in that same realm as Bad Omens and Thornhill and Dayseeker. But those guys had some riffs and some groove and just, I don't know. This just fell flat to me. I, I just, I don't know. Like this, just every song starts to sound the same and nah. No, I, I agree with you. Every song start, uh, starts to sound the same at a certain point. And unfortunately we live in a world where people like that. We live in a world where that is something that people gravitate towards and they want more of what's familiar 
And so I think that the Broken View is probably going to see some success in the future, in the near future. And I think they're going to see success in the form of an opener. They're going to be an opener. Uh, yeah. And I actually thought about this too earlier today. There's a difference between stay in your lane and mixing it up a little bit. Like, you know, you've, like we talked about, I keep bringing up the issues album. Every song is a mix of these elements, but they don't sound the same. They mix it up in such a way that it's, it's interesting. You can have a lot of the same elements in every single song and not write the same song 10, 11 times. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. and that's where I think these guys are falling short. I get the impression that they're probably young. They are. They've got, they got a producer that is really laying it on thick. Maybe a couple years from now, they, they kind of get a little more maturity with the writing. But as this sits right here, this sounds like a bunch of kids with very little real life experiences trying to fit in with the big guys. So I'll say that the lead singer, yes, looks very young. I think he probably is just learning how to drink at the bar. He looks like he he looks kind of goofy. I don't know if you watch the <laughs> watch the the videos they have and they're all well-made videos. You know, uh, you can tell the production value is how on the videos as well as this album, you know, yeah, but they're a little meh. Like I just, I don't know. I watched probably half of about three of them, and each of them, I was like, okay, I get it, I get it. You guys are trying to say something with your songs, and there's a few songs on here that actually have a little bit of a positive message behind them, and and I can appreciate that. Now, as I'm looking at, I and I try to pick you know a couple songs from other albums to kind of get a feel and i and i just didn't really get around to it on this one i'm looking at some of their their top songs here and i see one breaking the habit do you think that's a lincoln park cover i have no idea i have no idea because because one thing i will say is it's almost distracting in a couple parts, but the vocalist did give me Chester Bennington vibes here or there where he has that kind of controlled scream. And I liked it, but a lot of times it felt out of place because there, like there's nothing here to scream about. Like you're, you, so, you really like this girl and this girl dumped you and you want her back and we're going to sing about it for 11 songs and that's fine then the music never really picks up and goes anywhere and you're screaming. I I don't know, man. Okay. So (laughs) this album was completely written and recorded during lockdown during the pandemic. And so they were not recording in the same room. And I actually think that kind of led to where we ended up getting the vocals because I felt like while he did have some anger behind some of the choruses and some of the songs, and I'll mention those, I felt like a lot of other places the growl, the grunt, the grit, the falsetto. I felt like those were a little misplaced throughout the song. And I don't feel like he's got a bad voice. I think he's got a misused voice because mm-hmm. I think he can definitely do it. But out of everybody in this band, I think that drummer is the most talented. I The drums were, were probably the most standout part on this entire album to me. I mean, there's a lot of places where the drums are there they're i'm feeling it and i I feel like the drums actually build the atmosphere i can feel the passion in his singing but i feel like his singing is misplaced yeah i i don't know man it just now it does not surprise me that you would tell me that this is a studio project more than a live project because hey i've i've been playing the tracks for years you put a bunch of bleeps and bloops and fancy stuff in your recordings if you want to bring that to the stage, you got to have some kind of backing tracks. I'm not against that, but this sounds like the production is like one of the main band members because like it sounds like guitar, bass, drums, vocals, and production. And like I said earlier, I just, I feel like you strip that away and you just have live instruments. This thing would fall apart. It may, it may. I don't think that they're going to play as tight live as they do in certain places on this album. 
Also, I need more bass. Yeah, uh, so I'll get to this one particular song when we get there. But there's one song where the bass is prominent, and it's like I have a real love-hate relationship with it because, hey, I hear the bass. Nice. Why is it doing that, and why won't it stop? I think we're going to talk about the same thing when we get there because there's one place where the bass jumped out to me, and I thought the same thing. So that's awkward. All right. Let's let's just jump into the tracks. Let's just jump into track one, Reverie. Okay, so like I said before, all these songs follow a very similar pattern. You've got kind of a sparse verse that kind of builds into a chorus. Sometimes the first chorus is big. Sometimes it, it'll trickle into a second verse and then the second chorus will get big. And then you got your little emo. I, I, I don't want to call it a chug. It's not really a chug, but they'll syncopate the, the rhythm a little and the lead guitar player will do a little cl- like couple high pitch notes on top. First song, first time hearing it, it's like, okay, that's kind of cool. It's not really like my favorite style of music, but it's okay. I kept waiting for the riff to kick in. You know what I mean? Like I kept thinking, okay, low verse, you're building, you're building. And then, nope, we're not doing that. Okay. So whatever. Uh, This to me is a boring song. It's not a good lead track. It's, it, it, serviceable to tell you what you're going to get the rest of the album, but they, this song does nothing to like bring me into it. So I think that this is a great opener for a mediocre album. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Because this opener does exactly what this album does. The, the break on this, like the, the, the high peak of this is just very anticlimactic and it happens after a good bit of song that follows an intro that is too long. Yes, agreed. You know, this song builds, it starts quiet, it builds, and it builds into something. It builds into kind of a bigger sound, but it never quite punches. So I've I've said it before, I'm not a big fan of long songs unless they actually go somewhere and they actually right. do something. And, you know, we talk about building into a moment and, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but band like Sleep Token. My they they make their bread and butter off of that you know a song will go on for seven minutes but but it's building and it's adding and it's changing where these guys most of these songs are 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 kind of in the four minute range and they feel twice as long to me because they don't do anything they just they i don't know like it it feels much longer to me He's really good at repeating the same lyrics. Yes. Yes, yeah. that too. That adds to the repetitive nature. Right. So I read an uh, article with the lead singer. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe he said it outright. And I didn't make a note of it. I don't believe he said it outright. But I remember saying something about how he felt that they wrote this song to end on a note that would lead into the title track, track two, On The Mend. Before I I went back and listened to it. The song quite clearly stops. And so yeah. then, and so then we just go on to track to the title, tra- the, uh, yeah, the title track on the mend. This one was released as a single. Cool. I don't remember <laughs> it being released as a single anywhere. I don't remember hearing it anywhere before this. I think that this was actually the song that was on the, uh, the smut playlist. And okay. if, if you watch the video, 
the video is very clearly about, uh, you know, if the video is reflective of the lyrics, which I didn't read the lyrics to this. There's a song about somebody growing up in an abusive house, um, sexually, physically abusive house. Um, couldn't quite pin down what it was, but then that leads this person to go on to uh, destructive activities. And that's where I stopped watching it because the video was just so <laughs> meh in itself. It's yeah. like like the lyrics, the music, all of it is created to elicit a response. But in this case, it is a negative dour response. And we've talked about this on previous episodes. Some people heal by listening to that kind of thing. Yeah. I do not. And, I don't either. I don't either. And when, and when I'm in a good mood, I, okay, so little, you know, I'll be a little forthright. The first time I listened to this album, I was like, hmm, can I give an album a rating of zero? Like, is that allowed? Can I do that? And then subsequent listens, I, I eased up on it a little bit. But the first time I listened to it, I was not in the mood for it. I kept waiting for the kick-ins. I kept waiting for the riffs. I was waiting for something that wasn't slow, sad, and depressing. And I'm glad I didn't watch the video for this. I watched one that was off this album, and I don't remember what song it was, but all I remember was it was like a home invasion story and someone I, I dies and yeah i mm, mm, yeah no. so the the first time you text me about this i can't remember exactly what it was that you said but it was something along the lines of nope or i i can't or something <laughs> like that and i was like all right just just, uh, just give him some more time <laughs> and so you know on but this one this song, oh, yeah as far as this actual song goes i do like the the court like I wasn't really feeling the verses, but then when the chorus comes in and you've got like a little bit of this choppy guitar, it it, it was okay. Before I Also remind me a little bit of holding absence. I heard I heard That's some true. of that mixed in there too. That's fair. I like uh, holding absence, so you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, kind of similar to this, like. I, I don't love them. I have to kind of be in the mood for it. Yeah. But they do have a couple of songs that I've I've gravitated to. But yeah, I I thought again, we're on track two. I'm not tired of it yet because I'm still waiting to see if they're gonna do something else. So I didn't I didn't hate this, but yeah, kind of forgettable. So the first um first verse, the intro to the verse and then to the chorus. The that part is completely forgettable to me. Mm -hmm. You know, I will say that there is not one part of this album that stuck with me. I walked away with it stuck in my head. It just didn't happen. But I have one. I have one. Only okay. one. Okay. <laughs> so I I did like the the uh, the choruses in this. The drums in this song are great. They they're they're spot on. They're great. The drums are recorded. I think really well on this album. And I think they're mixed really well. They're put in the right place in the mixed. But after that first verse, every verse is like they can't commit to being heavy. It's like no. they're they're almost there. They're almost to a place where it would really stand out and really pop. And they just can't quite stick the landing. And I think it's the lead singer's fault. I don't know if it's the lead singer's fault because... Let me place blame somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just, like you said, and, and again... I feel like it's deliberate that there is not a single guitar riff on this album. Like every song is chords and color. The closest thing to quote unquote riffs are those little emo-y breakdown sections at the end of every song. But even those, they're not riffs. They're just the same chords usually just played in a different rhythm. And yeah. then you add the little high pitch lead lines on top of it that just sort of take away any kind of heaviness it could potentially have. So I feel like that's on purpose. But why? Because yeah. it'd be fun. If, it's like, hey, do you got any riffs? No? Well, it'd be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> All right, so let's talk track three, not the one. vocals at the beginning did not give me hope. Uh-huh, uh-huh. 
I did. And feel, then what? I, well, I did feel some anger in his vocals in the chorus, mm-hmm. but then went right back during the the verses, and it was like the the choruses on this one. I was like, ah, okay, yeah, I can I can feel it. And then the verses, it was like, where are you? Where yep. where are you? What what happened? It's like the uh, all the like grit, energy, and effort was put into the choruses on this. And the verses are there just to bridge the choruses together. Especially on this one, because I think this is one of the few where they don't play with the formula because you still, it starts the exact same as the other, the first two songs do. But this chorus at least has a resemblance to bounce and groove and the way his vocals, you know, I like that, you know, you're not the one babe. It's kind of like, I don't know. This one worked for me. And this is when I was like, okay, maybe this album won't be so bad because if, if we're going to throw in this kind of a, a rhythm, you've got the little synthy notes in the, in the background of the chorus. I, I was all in on that. I don't like the song as a whole, but the chorus was really, really cool. And I was like, okay, if we're going to th- pepper this in periodically, I, I can find some some joy in this, but they don't. This is the only song that has that kind of a rhythm and that kind of vitriol in the chorus. And yeah. I, God, I wish they would have done it more. So I think that there's actually a couple that they have it on, but according to the lead singer, he was saying that this is one of the tentpole songs of the album. This is one of the the big songs of the album. And he's saying that this is one of the songs that reflects a slightly different sound than what they had had before this. Now, I have not gone back and listened to anything they had before, but, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm curious as to what the different sound would have been before this, because this is if this is the evolution, where did you come from? Where'd you come from? Yeah, it, it's it's put it this way. I really like that chorus. And I still hate this song. Like, I just. <laughs> okay. So now this is one of the songs that, you know, kind of started my, my thought of like, okay, your songs go on for too long. But mm-hmm. it's like just when I was thinking the song was going on for too long and needed to end, there was this like quick, like drum re entry, is what I kept calling mm-hmm. it, that I really liked. That happened at 325. It was it was just I didn't mind the rest of the song because of that, but Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have been mad if the song had ended (laughs) around that part. Yeah. And but but I think this song works a little better because it keeps moving. It's not it's not a great song, but it it stands out on this record in particular because it rhythmically it it moves at a much rhythmically rhythmically. I don't which one would it be? I don't. Okay. I, you know, in, in all fairness, I think both those words are ma- made up. So, yeah, maybe listener, if you think that those words are made up, please shoot us an email. <laughs> all right. So, speaking of moving along, let's talk about track four, Another White Lie. What have I become? If it's a fight that you want, let's go. It's not like we haven't been here before. So I said, of course, we have to slow it down after the one song with a little bit of groove to it. It just it it starts off super slow and sounds like everything else. But then the verse kicks in and it sounds like every other verse. You fall out like you're mystified by every word right now like a secret never the first half but then the second half of the verse starts and the bass player is like clunking around back there and it's like oh they do have a bass player okay what is he doing so i was hoping this is where you're going to talk about it because this is what the, the note that i put down it's a, he he's doing a slap bass thing, not like a three eleven or like Seinfeld way. Like it's it you know, 
it, you're right. It just sounds like he's clunking around. I, the slap bass does not pull off what they are intending for it to be. They do have a bass player. He is in the videos. <laughs> I have yep, seen him right. in the videos. I've seen him in the pictures of the band. He, he is there. He's listed as a member. But good God, where are you in the rest of the songs? In the one song where you really stand out, you stand out because it's bad. So I like the intro on this song after the drum start. Like yeah. there's like, I think it's like a five to 10 second. I don't know. I didn't really time it out where it was like, eh, I don't, I'm good. It, okay, cool. We got drums now. All right, cool. There's a soft echo on the vocals in this song that I could do without. It does not add anything at all. There's just so much going on. That, and that's what I mean. Like, okay, so you take this verse and you take away all the effects on the vocals and you take away, dial back some of those effects on the guitar. And what do you have? You have this empty four chord, boring progression where the bass player just like amateur hour back there. I don't know what he's trying to do, but it's not working. Dude, like what is happening? Like four songs in and I am, I'm like, come on, like, what are we doing here? Okay. So this is one of the songs that has a solo. And I like the tone on the solo. And the thing about it is the solo is actually up for about two bars. And they should have let the song go out on the solo, maybe with a little of the echo that happens, but it didn't need to start again. But we got another minute. The song could have ended at 336, yeah. but instead it ends at three at 451. Sorry, another minute and a half. It, it no. could have ended there. Yeah. But you, you kind of hit on something that, I've got as a note further down, but since we're already there, they try to cram too much into every song. Now you mentioned before about like, what is it without the production? But um, they, they try to cram too much in. It's like they are trying to use their influences and their, um, their inspirations from all these different places and cram them in together. And they need to stop because sometimes less is more and this band needs to learn that. Yeah, because they're trying to cram all of this in to a very generic stock four chord progressions. Like they're not, there's no weird tempo change. There's no riff. There's no, nothing diverges from the formula enough to make it interesting. And that's, that's why, again, a four minute song is not that long. A five minute long song is not that long, but when you just keep repeating the same shit at the same tempo, just adding an extra guitar layer, adding an extra vocal melody, adding an extra lead line, like you're not really building and going anywhere. You're just stacking more nonsense on top of each other. It's, it's not making the song any better. It's no. just more stuff. So, track five, You and Me Now. I don't like that intro. In the atmospheric sounds with, like, the twinkles that are happening in it, I, I don't like that intro. doesn't need to happen. At, at this point, I'm, I'm really just, I'm checking out at this point. I'm like, every song has sounded the same. The rhythm might get switched up a little bit, but every song has that super over the top synthy production, clean verse, louder chorus, little emo breakdown at the end. I don't know. Like I, I kept thinking, okay, we're about five songs in now. The way this song is tracking, if we if we lock into something after that chorus, like let's mix it up a little bit, guys. But you don't. You just you just go right back into the same formula. I thought after that first chorus on this one, mix it up, throw in a bounce, throw in a groove, just for four measures. But nope, we just go right back into the sparse, boring verse. Yep. So, so 
the verses are the thing that really hurt this one overall because again we do have some of the anger behind the vocals and the mm-hmm. the chorus but not really um should right. have given me angrier vocals after the solo because it's like it would have really kind of changed things a bit but instead all they did was they gave the solo about two bars <laughs> it back in the mix you can hear the guitar is still doing solo activity but um it's like the they just kind of put it back where it was before and then the core the uh, the vocal started again could have you know gone out with like the like the solo and then like I think he says like the same line like one or two times and then it has a bit of an echo and then that's where it should have ended Two fifty-four. Exactly. And honestly, if this was 11 songs in 37 minutes, I might have been a little bit more okay with it. But because every song feels like it's 30 seconds to a minute and a half too long, it just, it adds to that slog feeling. Yep. Yeah. So speaking of slog, oh, let's talk about track six, Nothing to You. Nice. We decided to slow it down on this already slow, slow and dull album. <laughs> right. We I, don't. I literally wrote my notes. I'm trying not to be a hater at this point, but I feel like this album needs to do something interesting. <laughs> um, I need. Okay, this this album came to me from a smut playlist. I need some smut. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's another thing. Is like lyrically, it all sounds like he's like going back and forth with this girl but like yeah there's it, it never gets sexy it never gets truly emotional feeling it just feels kind of bratty or something oh but here we have where he thinks that his breathy vocals sound sexy Ugh. but he's breathy into a can and it does not work like he thinks it does the song gets better at 204 <laughs> But better than terrible, <laughs> better than bad is not great. This is a filler track through and through. And okay, all right, they could have saved it though, because when he's singing, I think it's the chorus where he says, "Will you still love me?" And then pauses. I was hoping it was going to be like that meme where the girl asks something ridiculous, like, "Will you still love me?" If I was an earthworm, like, okay, you throw that in there. You brought me back. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. You, you throw me a little bit of silliness, but this is a band that takes themselves too serious. That's for damn sure. For damn sure. Absolutely. Every video, every picture, every song I've heard by these guys so far is brooding. And I don't know if maybe they do think it's sexy. Maybe there is this sexy thing to it. As a 37-year-old man, it, it escapes me. But uh, but again, you know, I'm sitting in a clawfish bitching about an album. These guys are young. They're touring. They have millions of plays. So obviously, it's it's one of those things where it's just not for me. Um, obviously, they've done something right that we did not. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But with that being said, I think it sucks. Yeah, but... <laughs> Next I, song. Well, no, because... What I found on this track is not it, it. Something happened that didn't exist anywhere else on this album. And oh, do th- tell. This song actually ends well. It doesn't end in a tiresome just get it over with come on it doesn't um it doesn't end in a clunky way it actually ends in a proper way for an album and it's like the next song they just kind of fade the entire thing out and mm-hmm. you know there's other places where the songs just kind of 
end in a way where it's like, we don't know how to end this one, but this song actually I, ends on a note where it's like, we're going to end the song. We've, we've written out this ending. But, but is that really a compliment? <laughs> hey, I like your song, especially when it ends. Well, it's like if a movie is acceptable, but the credits are really cool. <laughs> True. Or just it goes on for too long. Like, for example, I was trying to find something to watch on Prime the other night. It was about 10 o'clock. So I was like, all right, something in the hour and a half range I can do. And I'm scrolling through and I was like, oh, yeah, I never watched the Batman. It's 177 minutes. It is, oh, it's a long I, ass movie. And we in the theater that we went to, they turn the air conditioning up in there and that movie feels cold already. Oh, boy. It's a great movie. I really enjoyed it. But yeah. <laughs> We'll see. It's you got to commit or break it up into several. So yeah, right. maybe maybe I'll watch it in episodes. Yeah. All right. Seven. Stay featuring Clara Adelaide. Okay. I do not know who she is. I don't either. Uh. I did like the fact that they mixed it up and added a female vocal. Mm -hmm. um, Which caused him to mix up his vocals. A little, yeah. This one has a little bit more up-tempo to it. What do you think about her voice? So, I don't like her higher end of things. But I do like in the low end, she really gives me Tracy Chapman vibes. I want a ticket to anywhere. Maybe we make a deal. Maybe together we can get somewhere. Tracy Chapman and and I I hope she doesn't take offense to this. I heard Cher. Like she has this weird warbly deep voice that is like I I I don't hate it, but I don't love it. <laughs> no. I don't think that she really added a whole lot here except for where it was almost like she added healthy competition to the singer that of this band already because he showed me his voice in the second half of this song. Like, cause it's yeah. like his voice became elevated in a great way. Like I wish he'd give me more of that elsewhere in this album, you know, give me that in the choruses and give me the grit and excuse me, give me that in the verses and the grit in the choruses. And this album would have come up several points and the drums are strong here, but I, I don't, I don't know. Like I struggled with everything else because outside of, of her voice that I don't think was really needed on this one. I think this was something that he could have done on his own. I do think that she pushed him to do better. The rest of the rest of the track just kind of um, is fine. I don't need the pre-chorus in this this uh, song. Well, it's so fucking evident that I'd never lie to you, even if I had time to say. Yeah, it's a weird little thing that doesn't need to be there. And then for them to actually like repeat the pre-chorus before every chorus, it's like the same like. For it's like the song where I had two choruses, and they were like, "All right, we're just gonna do this one first And it's like the uh, the music change the the guitar. Like I don't want to say the rhythm because every song has the same rhythm. I don't know. It changes a little bit for that, and then it changes for the chorus. And so it's like we get a little bit extra. I dig the intro after the muted guitar starts. But I don't think she'd be offended to hear that she sounds she shares similarities with um, a singer who has been around for ever. How old is Cher? I don't know. Oh, God, she's uh, probably in her 70s, maybe pushing 80. I don't know. She still looks 30 after all the plastic surgery, but true. She doesn't yeah. look human anymore. I just yeah, like. I like the mix-up of the vocals. I like adding that female vocal in there and a very odd tone, tonally as well. It, I, I said Cher. She doesn't necessarily sound like Cher, yeah. but I just can't put my finger on what it is. But she has this, like, I don't know. It's it's very unique. I don't know. It it, it almost works. 
I, I'm going to say it works just because it mixes it up and it's not the same damn song again. Yeah, no, but, I don't I don't hate yeah. that she's there, but I don't yeah. think that she really adds anything. I don't think she necessarily takes anything away. It's yeah. just different. I, I don't know. It's yeah. it's fine. So now I, I'm, I'm curious to hear this real quick. So track eight, start over. What do you have on your notes for this? All right. I actually think reworking this entire song would be better. <laughs> and I'll explain. I, I have, yeah, I was going to say, I have no notes. I cannot yeah. tell you what the song sounds like off the top of my head. I've listened to it at least five times. Um, just, bleh, it's just another song. It sounds like every other song. So this is one that I think should have been more in the interlude territory of things. Yeah. So... There's a great atmospheric sound in this, like, almost recording, talking. It's like... Yeah, I remember that now, yeah. It's not like it's recording, talking, like, playing, like, a uh, tape recorder or something like that. It's, like, people talking with, like, certain effects on to kind of make them sound muffled and grainy. I like all of those things. I like the drums on this. I think the drums actually really add something behind those, those sounds. I didn't I didn't make note of how long this track is and at what parts certain things, you know, could be cut and all because that would have been more times I wanted to listen to this song. Four minutes and fifty-nine seconds. Way too damn long for sure. Because I think the part in the beginning, a little intro at the beginning where we get like drums and those sounds, I think is great. And then he starts, and I don't hate how he sounds in the beginning, but I don't mm-hmm. think that the song was needed here because I think that the song could have been shortened to about a minute long. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain place where he kind of echoes out. And I think that the instruments in him should have faded out there. And then we should have gotten another... I don't know, 45 seconds of the drums, those atmospheric sounds and the the talking like and I think that that would have given a a neat track, a very mix up of a track after you just mixed it up by throwing us uh, Claire Adelaide, Sherry Tracy Chapman. <laughs> yeah, see, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm being completely honest with you. I will take everything you said to be the truth because I. I stay have the two vocals. It stuck out to me. The next couple all have some things that stuck out to me. This song just washed over me every single time. Like I could not tell you at all what it sounds like off the top of my head. Well, I I take that back. Yes, I can. It probably has a slow moody verse that builds into a bigger chorus and has a little emo thing at the breakdown at the end. You Um, did listen to it. You, you did listen to it. (laughs) Yeah. I, I think that this song had really good parts about it, but not it, it wasn't executed well at all because they felt like they needed to flesh out this entire thing they didn't need to do. I think this mm-hmm. is one where the uh, the producer on it should have gone, no, nah, guys, pull it back, pull it back. And so I think that's part of to blame here is the, you know, like you talked at the beginning that the production's like a, another member of the band. I think the production... The producer was uh, not being a producer and telling them when to pull back or telling them when to go further. And that could have really stepped this album up in a big way. So, track nine, You're Not Alone. okay i liked there's it's it sounded like a praise and worship song at first and in the verses there's this real simple little little guitar line mm-hmm. mixed in it's kind of 80s synthy sort of his voice sounded kind of nice on this one i don't 
particularly love the song as a whole, but it's fine. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it does, it does a couple neat things that make it tolerable, but it's not something I want to go back and listen to anytime yeah. soon. So I thought the, um, again, the atmosphere the drums created here was good. Um, I do like what you were talking about, the uh, the guitar on it. Um, I do think it has a praise and, wor- praise and worship tone or praise and worship sound up until 1.30. And then the guitar yeah, tone yeah. changes, which takes it out of sounding like that. And so I kind of felt like, okay, we've just, we've switched songs within the same song. Not a bad thing. The little pre-chorus is like a three, like two, three line thing that happens mm-hmm. is the shining moment on this song. I think it happens two, maybe three times, but I do like that there's a little positive message in the in the, the chorus, in the lyric, you're lonely, but you're not alone. It's like, yeah. okay, cool. I'm digging that. But kind of adds to the praise and worship vibes. Right. Doesn't definitely does not hurt it. But he does do that, repeating the lyrics at the end, which if he didn't do it as much, it could have cut the song short by a full minute and it wouldn't have felt as draining. Yeah. All all these songs, if they were 30 seconds to a minute and a half shorter. They would be better. I, I mean, that's and that's not even like I, if you're going to have a four or five, six minute long song, you got to do something. And if you're not going to do something, then just stop playing the song. Like, I, I don't I, I, I that I always took that as sort of a, I don't want to say a disrespectful thing, but like bands are so stuck up their own asses that they're like, this is so good. Let's just play it again. If yeah. Everyone's going to feel this. We have to play it again. No, if I'm feeling it, I will start it over. I will listen to it again. I don't need you to play the same four chords, 16 measures. Because that will make me stop feeling it. Right. Oh, but we added this part here and we added this guitar there. And like, so what? It's still the same basic song over and over. Like, nah. I liked it at first, but it, it wears out its welcome. Oh, it does. It does. And if I were to actually give this a this entire album a one phrase, you know, like roundup is it overstays its welcome. Yeah. So does yeah. it make you happy? Track 10. You don't, you don't know what you want. You take it too hot. Now you don't, you don't know what you want. actually kind of liked this one i liked it up until a certain point and i don't have the number here but i liked i actually would have preferred this one to just stay low if it never built and it never got big and it just stayed low i would have liked this one it's it's actually kind of unique sounding with that acoustic guitar. The acoustic guitar sounds great. Little slide in there that's real nice. His vocals sound good. I'm like, am I really about to be like the acoustic ballad is my favorite track on this album? Like that's that's not right. But then it just devolves into the same thing. It just goes on for too long. It builds into this chorus and honestly Take out the next song. Let this be your last song, and I would not have been mad at it. But the fact that it's got this acoustic, beautiful buildup, just just let it just let it ride. You don't need this big bombastic ending. Just let it ride. But okay, so uh, are you talking about the part where he kind of pans back and forth and like how he sounds like in his vocals? No, I just remember like very distinctly. Doesn't the song almost like stop and then kick back in kind of loud? Well, okay, so there's a really cool little like thing where the song does kind of stop and he kind of has this thing where and you hear it a lot more through headphones than you do through speakers, of course, but it's like he has this like 
I don't know, like four or five word thing that kind of pans back and forth and echoes between the headphones, between sides. And it's okay. neat. It, it's neat. And I think that would have been a great place to end this. But then that's where it needlessly picks up and gets bigger for another minute. Yep. And yeah. so, okay. yes, this is the acoustic track that I don't feel like was needed, but I feel like they were felt like they were supposed to put on here. I feel like they were like, we need an acoustic track somewhere. You already had the slowdown. You don't need mm -hmm. an acoustic track. If you're going to put an acoustic track on, either move it up in your playlist, in your track listing, move it somewhere else because you've kind of given us where the little bits that do kind of mix things up happen a little too bunched up. And this one would have really mixed it up or make this the last track on your album. Drop out a track, make this the last one. I'm not even going to mess around with what the proper track listing is here, but this is one of the better tracks on this album. Yeah. Um, it's a completely different tone than the rest of the album. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. think that's what I liked about it. But there was this thing that I did not pick up on speakers, uh, pick up on listening to it through speakers, but I definitely picked up on it in headphones. But there is this like low bass vocal behind him hmm. when he says, does it make you happy? And then it's like the middle third of the song. He is there behind like that. That sound is behind every part of his vocals. And I don't like it. Like it just, oh, no. it, it makes me uncomfortable in a way that the rest of the song does not. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's a weird little, little thing that once I heard I'm, it, I couldn't unhear it. I'm glad I didn't hear it because like I said, you know, this is one of the few songs that I could objectively enjoy. And if that, if I would have noticed that I probably would have been less into it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to guarantee that you would have been less into it because it is just this weird thing that happens that, I don't I don't know why it's there. So let's go ahead and round this out with track 11. Leave love out of it. They could have left this song out of it. They could. <laughs> they could. Or they could have ended with the softer vocals. And the sounds from track eight start over the atmospheric one that with the yeah. the vocal the uh, sounds that you don't remember that of that song yeah. <laughs> yeah barely they could have ended with that or they could have just ended the song at three fifty one. Exactly, it's it's a slow build that thematically it just feels like a rip off of the song right before it. It doesn't do anything interesting that any other song hasn't already done. It's just five minutes of being there. Like I, at this point I was so checked out, like, you know, I, I was, I was starting to be like, okay, does it make you happy? Is at least pleasant enough? I don't love the finale, but at least while it's on, I'm not like upset. But leave love out of it. I'm like, just, just stop. I'm just, I'm so over it. <laughs> there is this little dropout that happens for, I don't know, a few seconds. And it's just drums and guitar that are left. Mm -hmm. And then he starts singing again. I'm like, ah, just like, it's, I, I like what's happening here. Like the two better parts of your band are still present. But even those two parts of your band, they're the best part are very mediocre at best. I mean, I think the drummer actually has a little bit more talent than he's able to show on this album. Um, in the video. Yeah, he's not allowed to do anything. He's, it's in, all In the basic. videos, he looks bored. They all do. They yeah, all do. True. That, that one video true. I watched, that one video I watched, they like had the, the storyline, but then it would cut to shots of them out like in a desert or something performing and they're all very far away from each other like they don't even want to be there and they're all wearing just real generic black ripped jeans and jackets and they all look bored as hell and I'm and I was almost thankful for that and I was like okay all right so I'm not alone here like even you are bored with your music okay great are you, are you sure that you didn't watch the video for you're not alone because you said is that you said I'm not alone oh god yeah are we doing this again? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
So, all right. I feel like we have properly um, <laughs> ripped this album apart. So, so, so I'm scared to ask because I don't even think there's a good answer for either one of us on this stupid little segment I started. But what's cooking? Hey, hey good looking. What could you possibly listen to off this album that would like get you motivated in the kitchen? Honestly, it's not always about being motivated in the kitchen. In fact, it's very rarely about being motivated in the kitchen because the motivation of the kitchen comes from the initial idea. Music adds a background and it's just sure. something to provide moving forward. And actually, this is not a terrible album to play so low that you could ignore it. It's like, when I go to sleep, when I go to sleep, I like to put on TV. I have to save the TV on. And it has to be just interesting enough that I can ignore it. So just interesting enough to keep my brain engaged, but not to where I need to focus on it. And this okay. album actually does a good job of doing that. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. And what's what's new with you? The only thing that is even remotely close is not the one. It has at least a little bit of bounce and groove. You got that chorus where he says that line about you're not the one, babe. There's something about that babe that I like. Okay. Um, but that's still a stretch. <laughs> okay. So do you want to go ahead and give us your final thoughts? Sure. Actually, actually, before you do, let me just say one more thing. I was so afraid that when we started recording this episode, you were going to be like, yeah, so me and the, the woman saw these guys live and they were really good and we really had a good time. They're really sweet guys. And then I was going to have to come in here and try not to be a dick. So thank you for not doing that to me. <laughs> no, I, I just think that, um, you know, we are two people that are constantly finding and consuming music, whether it's music yeah. that we already knew or something new that we've come across through uh, TikTok, Instagram or whatever. And yeah. so I think that it would be something that we should really do to take those albums that we find, those bands that we find and bring them here and go, all right, for before we do the rabbit hole and listen to everything they've ever made, just like you said, pick out a couple songs. It's like, that's interesting enough that I'm going to pause this, make a note, and we can come back and discuss it. Yeah, I agree. I like that idea. And, I, a matter of fact, I can already think of one or two like bands that I've recently discovered that that wouldn't be that would be fun for me. So I like that idea. I know that we've sent each other a couple that, you know, it's like a song. And it's like, yeah, it's a good song. Okay, cool. That's enough for me to be interested to hear more. And that's kind of what this did to me. And I thought that finding it through the smut playlist was an interesting <laughs> way to get here. And so, all right. I, I honestly wish this was smuttier. That would have made me happy. Like, Bad Omens had a couple of songs that were like raunchy. It's yeah. like, yeah. Do some of that. Thornhill has a little bit of that. Like, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Own it. And I think, but, uh, I think uh, when you throw that into a song, it gives it the grit that these guys wanted the songs to have. Right. So, all right. I'll give you my statement now. I don't hate this, but I don't love this. The Broken View has given us a sampler, not unlike what you would get as an appetizer to split at your table at Applebee's. There is usually one option that is served that gets left uneaten, and that is the first third or quarter of these songs. I can see what they're going for with a melding of Bad Omens, Parkway Drive, and Breaking Benjamin while wanting to be emo enough to be on Warp Tour. I just need them to stop and stop trying and lean one way or the other. I can feel the passion in his singing. I can feel those drums at, in a way that... If I were to see them live, I know I would feel it in my chest, but that isn't enough. I'm good with the spots of synth. I'm good with the spots of echo on the vocals. I am not good with the song links and need to cram too much in. Warp Tour is over, and When We Were Young is not taking submissions. I gave this album a 5.5. 5. Okay. So. And I feel like I was we'll being kind at 5.5. 5. You're being very kind. Um. So I'm going to I'm going to hit it uh, the way I started the episode. My mama told me that if I didn't have anything nice to say, I shouldn't say anything at all. So on a scale of one to ten, I give that. No, I'm just kidding. OK, in all seriousness, 
this does not work for me. Every song sounds almost identical. I'm sure to them and their fans, these songs are huge, emotionally draining powerhouses. But to me, they are boring slogs that go on for way too long. They all sound the same and do very little to create any emotion in me other than apathy. These sound like sad, sappy lyrics written by someone who's hung up on a romantic relationship, but has very little else to pull from in their real life experiences. Musically, every song has a slow, sparse verse that builds into a bigger chorus, emo breakdown with a little guitar lick on top of it. The drums might change rhythm slightly here or there, but every song sounds like it's the same bass tempo, same key, and same production style. Three songs in, I felt like I had heard everything these guys were going to do, and by track 11, I think I was right. There's no riffs, there's no interesting chord progressions, not a single song fully diverges from the formula. There is nothing on this I want to listen to again. One to ten, I gave it a two. Oh, wow, a two. I I just, I'm going to give it a two for not the one and and does it make you happy. But I don't even want to go back and listen to those songs. Like those were just like the two that I tolerated the best while listening to it. There's, there's nothing here, man, for me. Okay. So you gave that a two. I gave this a 5.5, which gives us an overall average of 3.75, which makes it our lowest rated album. Puts it as it should be. Puts it (laughs) under half moon run dark eyes. Now, because I was thinking I've given some threes and some three point stuff. And at least on those, I usually found something that I enjoyed. I'll be honest with you. Second or third listen to this album. I was like, God, I hope we record this episode soon so I can stop listening to this. I had this at a four and I thought, okay, there's enough effort put into this that I'm going to give it a little bit more. Because I felt bad giving this a four because I was looking at other things I gave a four to. And uh, yeah, I'd rather listen to this than other things I gave a four to. Yeah, and I'm the opposite. Like the stuff that I've given low ratings to, like I could almost, I would almost rather listen to this wildlife because at least those songs are short and they kind of breeze by. Even if I don't love it, I don't feel like I'm being like, I'm like, trudging through eight inches of snow like trying to get to my car like that's what this feels like it feels like i'm in a bowl full of molasses and i can't move like it's just i'm so glad it's over (laughs) okay all right so we gave this album a 3.75 if you disagree with our rating then please shoot us an email at dangerandsarge at gmail.com reach out to us on one of our facebook uh, x or instagram or check us out on our Breakdowns for Breakfast Facebook page. Monster, what album are we listening to next week? We are going in a completely different direction, throwing in some horror punk. We're going to do Grave Robbers 2011 album, You're All Gonna Die. Well, I don't know about you, but I happen to think I am seriously crushing these episodes.